Hey, welcome to Tech Lido. This podcast is basically the everyday stuff an average person thinks about, raw and honest, filled with humor and wit. We chat about creativity, leadership, entrepreneurship, failure and success. Things which needs deep discussions but lighter moments. So it's me Kazim joined by some amazing industry experts. friends occasionally to talk about some great topics that we otherwise don't discuss in a candid manner every sunday a new episode so i would love you all to join me hey shesh welcome to tech leader um i'm glad that we finally got to connect um i had you on my list for a very long time uh, i'm so happy that we finally got uh time to to do this so uh welcome Thank you, Kazim. It's my pleasure, my privilege, and I'm so happy to be here. Um, so please, you know, let's let's launch the discussion. Absolutely, let's let's dig into that, right? So the one question I get asked most of the times by my friends and some of the uh, business folks uh, that I know that Kazim, do you have any mentor? Do you know any mentor? Uh, because i'm stuck in so and so issue i'm stuck in so and so problem and i i do a lot of that stuff i i do a lot of team building activities by myself i mentor some of the startups myself but the one question there's like okay do we really need mentor like some of the friends that i know they come and listen i'm in the mid management level now i need to make it to the c suite so do i need to hire a mentor like do i hire a third party mentor who would help me in in guiding me all of that but i want to dig into more of that but before that i just want to ask about your experience from your illustrious career right uh, when you became the ceo did you have anyone to help you out to guide you through through the failures and 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 the decisions that you took that made um uh the that laid the right path for you sure i i'm i'm happy to start with that um basically um i'll try and keep this to about a minute minute and a half um i started off as a marine engineer uh in the early 80s uh you know there there were two routes to uh going uh and seeing the world and you know having adventures one was getting into it information technology and the other was getting into uh, marine engineering or sailing on a ship uh, i i was not very good at it so i joined i i i did my marine engineering degree and i joined a ship and it was a fantastic time i had uh, you know i i sailed to 31 countries um on uh, you know without having to pay a single dime and uh, you know at, at a very uh, impressionable stage in my career uh, saw different peoples different cultures met so many wonderful um, role models and examples and mentors and uh, learned so much about myself learned so much about the world uh as i progressed i also did my mba and then uh, moved gradually into management uh, I, you know there again i spent uh, about a decade in you know sort of middle junior and middle management and i was very fortunate i had wonderful bosses wonderful colleagues great teams um, so in general you know every stage of the way was a wonderful learning experience and more most importantly i had people who forgave the mistakes i made and then moved into uh, i was fortunate as i said i was fortunate in my career got the right breaks and uh, then moved into um, senior management and became a ceo and worked as a ceo for about 12 years uh, in different companies doing different things uh, one of the companies i set up from scratch almost like an entrepreneur one of them i had to go in and turn around the business which was completely sick and dying and then a third one uh, i went into a company which had to be transformed and uh, you know sort of made much more agile and flexible so this is this is uh, this was my career i also have married very fortunately to a wonderful uh, lady who is one of the best bakers in the world uh, so it is really difficult for me to keep my weight down and we have two and we have two kids uh, one in the us and one in singapore uh, who are the joy joys of our lives so this is in brief who i am wow wow uh, yeah it's absolutely amazing right i mean if you if you look if you look back at the career you had 
it's absolutely a, a thrill ride from what I just heard from you, the experiences uh, and, and the, the amazing time you have spent with these leaders and everything. Um, I know uh, one of the questions um, uh, as a mentor, like I know you, you have taken the mentorship role now and you've been mentoring many um, uh, leaders across uh, the globe. Uh, so as, as, a, as a mentor, uh, is, it, is it that you understand the value of their time or is it uh, the opposite that they have to value the mentor's time uh, that you're providing them. How, how, how does it go? Uh, like for example, um, I have a session with you for like probably half hour, one hour. So um, so you, you that one hour is important for me to take notes, uh, probably look at the advice that you are giving me. Uh, how does the connection work with, with your mentor and the person you're mentoring? Okay. So the general term for the person I'm mentoring is a mentee. Um, so, <laughs> I, was, I was about so, to say that, then I was like, there's something called Mintos. <laughs> I, I just wanted to keep it all okay. <laughs> okay, so let's start with why is mentoring important, right? And let's start with a very fundamental question, which is that, you know, so we are, all of us learn. We um, study in schools, we go into universities and colleges, uh, we are taught a wide range of subjects. Uh, we are uh, we become quasi experts or experts in specific areas, right? Uh, but what what tends not to happen in these in 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 the education system is that you while you are uh, while you are given a lot of input on functional competency, you are given very limited input on behavioral competency and life skills. Right. And the most one of the most important things in an organization, whether you are an entrepreneur or whether you are an employee or whether you are a boss, it doesn't matter. The fact is that life skills and behavioral competencies are as critical, if not more critical than functional competencies. Yes, if I'm an accountant, I need to know how to balance the books. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, I need to know how to get along with the other accountants in my team. I need to know what the salespeople want. I need to know what my boss expects of me. I need to know the behaviors that will help me be seen and recognized and get me promoted. Right? Mm -hmm. And for all these reasons, it is very important, both at a young age and as you go along in your career, to have the... Uh, benefit of having a mentor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Now, okay. what does the mentor essentially do? Uh, often a mentor is confused with a coach and they're, they're two different things. Uh, a mentor essentially is someone who has largely walked the path that you are walking ahead of you, who has largely stumbled and fallen mm -hmm. along the path and knows perhaps where the little ditches and the little, you know, and the stones and the boulders lie. And what he or she is able to do for you is to be able to help you recognize what obstacles and hindrances and problems lie on the path so that you don't have to rediscover them all over again, so that you can learn from their experiences and mistakes and, uh, you know, um, uh, sort of journey to be able to have a much smoother, much happier, much more swift journey yourself. Mm -hmm. So that is the primary role of a mentor. Mm -hmm. now, how does this work? It starts with, as you rightly said as in the topic, you know, it starts with first you being mentorable. Now, what is being mentorable about? Being mentorable about is really two things. It's about being willing to learn and it is about being humble enough to accept that learning from anybody and everybody. Mm, okay. And once you are mentorable and you recognize the value of mentoring, then you go out and seek a mentor. Mm. Ideally speaking, the mentor should not be from your own organization. Why? Because if the mentor is from your organization, there is a possibility that that mentor has a vested interest in the advice they give you. So for example, let us say that uh, I am a CEO 
and there is a junior manager who needs mentoring a lot that i might tell that junior manager might be for the benefit of the company rather than for her benefit yeah yeah, because ultimately, yeah, because ultimately, as a CEO, I want the company to succeed, and I, you know, so I might. It is not necessary that that always happens. I'm just saying that is the inclination in that person to drive the mentoring to benefit the larger good rather than that individual. Mm. So it is best if the mentor is from and from outside your immediate milieu, your work milieu, because then that person does not have an axe to grind. So that person's advice, that person's guidance, that person's discussions will be completely focused on the mentee and their needs and their benefit. Hmm. Okay. And, and I think that those are really, really uh, valid points you made. Uh, yeah, the question basically come, I come is like, uh, you have reached out uh, to someone you look uh, the values that that you think you would uh, gain from them and uh, probably you can share your problems you can share your vulnerabilities you can share your weaknesses and then uh, that person will probably guide you uh, on on a journey uh, that will bring you bring your potential out uh, from what you are currently in uh, uh, is, is, is that the right understanding that you need to search in a mentor? Yes, there are, okay, there are, again, there are multiple paths. Now, I could go to a mentor to fix a particular problem. Let us say that uh, I am um, socially not very capable and I need a mentor to help me uh, sort of strengthen that area and help me understand social cues uh, how to deal with peers and colleagues and uh, subordinates and what are the right things to do, what are the wrong things not to do and so on and so forth. So that is one aspect of mentoring where you're fixing one specific problem or one specific issue. Uh, another is, a, uh, another on the other end of the spectrum is a general career mentoring, which is that, you know, I would like to uh, align with a mentor who will on a regular basis, as you rightly said, with a, on a regular basis, I can talk to about my progress, uh, the, the issues that I'm facing, uh, and which could be, uh, you know, a wide variety. Uh, it could be related to social issues, it could be related to my functional uh, achievements, it could be related to wanting a promotion, it could be related to uh, mobilizing myself from one city to another or another one country to another, uh, culture issues, so on and so forth. There, so uh, in the first in the first uh, example, it is more a time-bound, uh, problem-specific approach. In the second aspect, in the second form, it is more a longer-term, uh, generic, uh, you know, overall improvement approach. And there are many sort of uh, shades of gray in between. So it so now in what. Uh, currently I do is I, I largely mentor people on the second aspect of it, which is, you know, people approach me saying that I would like to uh, lead a better life, uh, have a better career, uh, be, be able to function more productively. And that is where I then commit myself to them for a period of at least two to three years. Uh, and because it is very much like gardening, it takes a long time to be able to achieve the flowers and the fruit. Um, and so uh, I generally commit myself and I hope I, I, I request them to commit themselves to this process. Uh, in 70, 75% of the cases, yes, they do. In some cases, they drop off either because they are not seeing immediate value or you know it's, they're just not sort of um, um, able to sustain. Um, but overall, um, you know, what I have found is mentoring both for the mentee and the mentor is amazing because it charges both of us. It inspires both of us. I learn so much from their issues and vulnerabilities and problems. They learn a lot from what I have to give. And so it is a mutually beneficial outcome uh, for both. 
Yeah. So uh, uh, just uh, adding on to that uh, question, was there a time that you had messed up and felt like you had failed? And how did you bounce back? Like, how did you learn embracing the risk taking uh, that made decision decisions in your life uh, to reach where you are today? Oh, how many how many hours do you have? I have failed <laughs> so many times. I have fallen so many times. And as I said, where, where I have been more fortunate the most is I've always had people who have forgiven the failures and picked me up, right? Um, let, uh, a classic, let's let's talk. Let's talk about the classic one where you had uh, classic example. Yeah, messed up big time. Like okay, yeah, this oh man, I cannot come out of this. This is the biggest thing I did. Let's let's talk about that one. Yeah, uh, a classic example for me uh, was when uh, in when I was a junior manager, I was asked to move to a new department, which is essentially logistics and supply chain, because there were serious problems going on there. And I had absolutely no clue about logistics or supply chains. I was essentially a marketing and sales person. And we, as a, as a tribe, marketing and sales people depend heavily on logistics and supply chain because the products and the services need to be delivered to our customers. Otherwise, we, don't, we can't survive. So uh, the, the entire company was having problems with this, uh, with this uh, function. And so the managing director asked me to, you know, sort of go over and fix it. And I had, you know, the, on my first, and I was given actually, uh, the, um, you know, I was told on a Friday evening and I was to start on a Monday morning. And I had absolutely no So one of the things I first immediately did was I sort of went and went to a, a, a friend, but more a senior friend uh, who had, uh, worked in DHL uh, for many many years, uh, and they are uh, the you know exemplar of logistics and supply chains. And I went and told him, and I said, "This is the issue, and this is what is happening." So uh, that was on Friday night, and he said, "Why don't you come over on Saturday? Uh, let's have a lunch, uh, and we let's talk." And so I went over to his place, and he was kind enough to sacrifice his Saturday. We started at 12:30 in the afternoon and ended at seven in the night. And we spoke about, you know, he asked me what the problems were. Many of the, I didn't even know what the problems were in full. So I gave him what I knew. And he gave me some basic thumb rules, some basic structures to be able to start following. After that, I started on Monday and every Saturday for the next six weeks, he gave me two to three hours of his time. Mm -hmm. So every week I would go to his place, explain to him, what happened, explain to him the screw-ups that I made, and then he would help me solve them one by one. And at the end of the six weeks, he said, now, Sesh, I think you should be able to manage, but I'm always there for you. And that, knowing that he was always there, was such a fantastic comfort that after that, I really did not need him. You know, And in those six weeks, I must have made uh, so many mistakes. I'll, I'll give you an example. I uh, thought that it should be right to uh, re-review the way we were palletizing our products. And I tried a new style of palletization. And three days later, when it when the truck reached uh, its destination, uh, I was informed that 50% of the material had gotten damaged. You know, and the sales manager for, for whom this consignment was going, well, you know, sort of exploded and said, you know, why the hell are you changing what is the norm and trying, you know, doing different things? Now you have screwed my customer, you screwed me, my life is hell and so on. So, you know, it was, those first few weeks were uh, crazy, but, you know, over time, you know, because of the support I got from this mentor, and to be fair, the support I got from my sales manager colleagues uh, who, you know, who accepted that I will try and do different things and and do things differently over time we were able to actually enhance uh, the entire supply chain and make it far more efficient far more cost effective and we tried all sorts of very innovative ideas at that time and most of them worked and we were able to achieve a lot but if i hadn't had that mentor for those six weeks i would have uh, probably gone to the managing director and said sorry i can't do this give me my old role back 
Uh, well, one thing I wanted to ask you, Shesh, was the thought process, right? Like you said that you went, you 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 got stuck in a situation, and you approached this this uh, guy who who took his time and mentored you for the next six weeks. Uh, the thought process you had in your mind. Uh, let's apply to that to today's situation, right? Uh, like taking probably notes. Every person has different way of taking the information in. Like for example, I take notes. I'm great in taking notes. I, I, I make sure that I, I go back to those notes which I've taken with I'm talking to someone. So some people have, uh, keep them in the mind or they pay, like how did you, what was your thought process? Your thought process was okay, uh, I'm gonna go take the advice, uh, come up with an idea that I, I can implement in the supply chain and I can improve this. Uh, what was those thought process and what is that that today's mentees probably can take it from when they are taking the tutoring with the mentors? Okay, there are, uh, uh, let me break this up into three buckets. The first is that uh, I essentially give them a series of exercises, right, uh, to do and ask them the outcomes of those exercises, either, you know, uh, oral or written, but they need to do these exercises and uh, help uh, and show me what the outcomes have been for them uh, in terms of the actual doing of the exercises and how it has impacted them. The second part is uh, actually dealing with the issues, specific issues, where I ask them to write these issues down. Because very often what I find is that when you write something down, you're able to crystallize it much better than when you are just, when you just have it in your mind or when you're just speaking about it. So I ask them, you know, please put it on an email. Then I have a discussion with them either on the phone or in person or on a on Zoom or you know whatever. But then after that, I follow that up with a series of responses to their original questions on that same email. And finally, the third bucket is uh, building a kind of uh, ready reckoner or guide with all these questions and answers put together to be able to allow them, as you rightly said, a reference manual uh, for them to go back to uh, whenever they need. Now, what has happened with me is that while I have been, since I've been doing this for quite a while, in many cases, I really don't have to answer these questions anew. I just pick it up from somebody else. I have already answered it and put it for them. I just have to tweak it to suit their requirements. But the fact is, Kazim, 99% of the problems people have are common. You know, while the problem is happening to us, we think, oh my God, it is unique to us. It has never happened to any other human being. And I'm facing this all alone. But actually speaking, you know, there are uh, everything which is happening to you has happened to a million other people. And there have been solutions found, there have been approaches found. And so having a mentor who has access to those different approaches just gives you the solutions faster than you can find it yourself. So at the end, at the end of it, what that person I'm hoping leaves with is a series of exercises that he or she continues to do to be able to uh, sharpen themselves and hone themselves as they go along. And a guide that they have, which they can refer to and which they can keep coming back and enhancing. They can always come back and say, I have a problem which is not addressed in this guide and that can be added on as one more appendix, one more appendix and so on and so forth. So that is what I'm hoping that I will leave them with. Uh, well, that's, that's brilliant. One of the questions which I wanted to dig in is when you became a CEO, so I just want to understand the thought process, right? So you are taking over uh, from other person who may have done well or who may have not done well. But the question comes, there is so much of expectations. So you feel like, oh, I wish I knew this uh, or I, I can go and ask because everybody look up to you and they ask you to solve the problems. What is the thought process that went uh, into your head? No, because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one of the rare cases who got into management by accident. Okay, I was sailing on a ship, and, and one of my uh, uh, one of my colleagues, another engineer, uh, was telling me that I'm not happy with life on ship, and I'm planning on writing my uh, you know uh, entrance exam to the IM uh, IM colleges in India, and. Um, 
so he just told me that i said oh is that so that's nice and he said that i'm writing to uh, i written to these guys and they uh, they gave sent me two forms i have a spare form so i said okay give me the form i'll also fill it <laughs> and i sent off that form and then i still remember this this is in 1985 on i signed off from the ship on 20th of december and the, the entrance exam was on the 22nd of december i came back i was jet lagged i was tired and on the morning of 22nd my mother woke me up and said uh, listen don't you have an exam today and i said oh no i'm really feeling sleepy i don't want to go and you know mothers being mothers she said no if you have applied for it and you have, you know you said that you will go you must go so i very reluctantly dragged myself out of bed and i went and wrote the exam and i thought that was the end of it there is no way i was getting it and i it was lucky i, I just got in and those were the two best years of my life it was an amazing time i learned so much i made made fantastic friends i i i was exposed to so many different aspects of uh, you know the corporate world and life uh, so so you know i mine is not an example you should share with anyone it was purely accident but what i would strongly recommend is that mentoring should ideally start when people are in university because that is the time youngsters need people to be able to guide them on issues like this what is the course you need to take what aligns with you and your purpose and your strengths what are the kind of careers there are in different uh, aspects I, i know that there are career counselors but very sadly kazim i think you know this most career counselors have never had careers oh yeah <laughs> i i agree with you <laughs> i agree with you on that you know uh, because most of the career counselors are <laughs> like there are some good ones i i would agree there are some good ones uh, that i know of uh, yeah. but most of them are usually uh, just the book uh counselors yeah, they read yeah, yeah. 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 from the book and they give it to the um uh, their what do i say their uh, probably say their uh, patient <laughs> let, let us let us put it this way because uh, those who go to those advisors they not have dealt with the real situation like for Absolutely. example uh, you like if i if you ask me because you have dealt with any serious situation in your career i was like yeah i have where well, i have reached out to the senior management and said like see i screwed up uh, so yeah. what do i do and then they would guide you okay it's fine you can take these steps like similar to what you said uh, but nowadays it's become it's become an open business for career coach uh, uh, counselors there are so many of them right so that's that's a very important topic choosing the mentor is very important for example when you said the experiences that you have uh, gone through in your in your career uh, if you choose a mentor who has not experienced all of those things that you would experience in your oncoming career you wouldn't get any advice you know so you you leave with a big void okay nothing is happening because you won't tackle the problems the way uh you would want to tackle the problems so for example like like i said when you became the ceo that's the ultimate moment okay <laughs> what should i do now i'm a ceo so um, it's the same situation you you feel about that right even as even as a ceo uh, kazim i made sure i had mentors okay. uh, it doesn't matter how junior or how senior you are you still need people to guide you to advise you to be there when you need to vent to be there to hold your hand once in a while it is very easy to believe that oh i am a ceo so i am you know the be all and end all you know they absolutely not as a ceo i am still the same human being just sitting in the corner office temporarily right i still need help i still need guidance i still need advice i still need mentoring so i have always i've been very fortunate to uh, have fantastic mentors some of them have been uh peers of mine some of the uh, some of them have been uh, seniors uh, and in a couple of cases i've had much more junior mentors i had a 26 year old mentor as a ceo because i was struggling with how to handle millennials and uh, you know uh, i had no idea how to speak to them and get them to um, uh, you know to motivate them and to you know sort of uh, sort of charge them up and so i actually went and Uh, found a mentor in a 26 year old young lady 
who then taught me, you know, what their needs are. What are the needs of, you know, Generation X? What are the needs of Generation Y? Why do they believe um, certain things? How is, what are the best ways to approach them? And, you know, uh, and I learned so much from her. And, um, you know, um, so, so a mentor need not necessarily be someone senior to you. They need to be someone who has the knowledge that you don't, who has the experience that you don't, and from whom you're willing to learn, regardless of their age, their position, anything. I agree with you, Shesh. That's a fantastic advice on... Uh... you should not only choose your mentor depending on the skills and the value they provide to you it doesn't really matter so the question basically goes to our topic are you mentorable no matter who it is if they are giving you right advice and value uh, you definitely have to take them on board one question which i want to ask you is which is one of those skills you struggled or during your time as a ceo like maybe it is it is coming out from the expectations of the board uh, or from the employees or your team uh, what, what are that skills you have honed or are still trying to hone as a mentor as well for me always the most difficult uh, skill i have had to uh, manage and master was managing people see i <laughs> you know i've always been i i've always been very task focused i know how to get things done i'm a superb manager that way but managing people you know and understanding them and understanding see one of the things which when i was younger i sort of thought one size fits all and that is the wrongest thing i could ever believe right and i learned very quickly as a father that that is absolutely not true you know what what my son went through as a child and what my daughter went through as a child were completely different they were very different personalities they wanted different things they behaved differently they you know approached everything differently and that gradually led me to understand that even you know all human beings need to be dealt with based on their individual needs and requirements and uh, personas and that took me a long time because you know it was it is easy i, I was used to being an engineer right one air compressor is the same as another air compressor right <laughs> but but people are not like that and so it took me a long time to understand that and tailor my approach to each of them to suit them rather than to suit me so then i started learning that i need to change to suit each of them rather than expecting them to change to suit me and that was a, one of the biggest learnings in my life and then gradually that moved as i became a increasingly mature ceo that gradually changed to the the realization and the understanding that as a ceo your people don't work for you you work for them you are there to give them the resources to give them the motivation to give them the environment to succeed because only when they succeed you succeed and so i started seeing myself as being a support system to the to my employees so i then said okay i am here for you you don't have to be here for me you go and do the job that your job you know job description and your kpis and kras uh, require you to do and if you need help i am here to help, support you to make sure that you succeed uh, uh one 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 question comes up uh shesh as we are progressing in your career right self awareness that's the that's the biggest thing uh <clears throat> when you are working in any situation like the questions you ask yourself like okay how am i being viewed in other words what's my personal brand uh, in our organization am i creating value uh, is, is this my personal strength sometimes um the mentees are the, the people who want to get into uh, this next uh, step in the career they have this um, uh, self doubt questions on themselves okay whether i'm fit for the leadership whether i'm fit for this managerial position whether whether i can take up this role um, so how do you how do you come up with those self uh, uh, doubting questions uh, and how do you clear your mind to focus on 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 the on the goal that you are thinking you can you can achieve uh, what are the, what is the thought process that you went through probably you advised to the uh, to the young mentees or, or the people who are looking forward for this okay see there are um, for you know for growth and success at least in the corporate world 
you need many things, but primarily, if you look at it, you need three broadly. There's talent, which is your inherent capabilities. There is performance, which is the hard work and the efforts that you put in. And the third one, which is the third leg of that, the third pillar, which is what most young professionals don't look at, which I didn't look at till I was taught to look at, was personal branding. So many times what happens is men, most people are you know, very good in terms of their inherent capabilities and talents, very hardworking and very, you know, sort of they deliver well, but they don't build their personal brand. And so very often they are overlooked when, you know, the time comes to fill in a particular position or to promote them. And so this is one of the things now I work on, which is these three pillars, which is saying that you must have all three pillars with only two pillars, that particular edifice, that, that building will collapse because no building has ever stood on two pillars. You can have three or four, but two is not enough. And that is something which I've been spending a lot of time on with my mentees, which is that to ensure that, uh, as, as you rightly said, ensure that they themselves uh, feel, make sure that they themselves feel good about themselves, as well as make sure that they present themselves right in terms of uh, building the right brand to be seen, to be recognized, to be perceived and to be uh, promoted. I agree with you on the principles. I agree with you that you need to craft those skills as you progress in your career and build those pillars around you uh, so that people will recognize your branding. But also I wanted to ask you how to be an assertive negotiator. Often I see these problems in the startups where they will have a brilliant uh, product, but they couldn't pitch that to the investors uh, in the right way to get uh, investment. Uh, and also uh, to the to the next generation leaders uh, of uh, of bringing that skills up to the manager or the senior board that, okay, guys, I have an idea. I need to do this. I need to do this. Uh, I, I want uh, to vision uh, what I am uh, thinking here uh, to, to show them the bigger picture, right? Uh, you need to have the tactics of um, bringing that to the table as well. well. What are your thoughts on that? And what would you advise to the uh, to the younger entrepreneurs and leaders out there? Okay, leaving aside the functional skills, in terms of behaviorally, uh, I have a kind of formula which I, I've followed in my life and which I pass on to others. First, the most important bedrock is having self-belief. You have to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, your foundation is crumbly. And if your foundation itself is crumbly, then it is very difficult to build a solid uh, structure on top of that. So this is something which is very critical. You know, that is, you need to know who you are, know what your strengths are, know what your weaknesses are, know yourself thoroughly, right? And then, using those strengths build your foundation of self-belief that is the first part the second is a is a group of four qualities that you need to develop right the first is something called proactivity you know one of the problems which most uh, most organizations face is that they don't have enough people who are proactive who are willing to step up and do things without being asked and the moment you find somebody being proactive, that person stands out and shines like a beacon. The second part is emotional intelligence, the ability to get along with people, to manage your own emotions, to understand emotions of others and to be able to interact socially and professionally with the world around you. The third is being reliable. This is another very, very important aspect. Reliability is about small, small things, about being to every meeting on time, uh, about making sure you keep your commitments, however small the commitment is, making sure you keep your commitments, about building the persona that, oh, Kazim, he's somebody you can completely trust, you can completely depend on. If you give him something, it gets done, don't worry. And finally, the last is when all these three things, you know, even though you're good at, sometimes they fail. And so you have to build resilience. You have to build the ability to fall any number of times, still pick yourself up, dust yourself off and move on. 
right? So these four qualities start with, I mean, the base, the base structure is self-belief. On top of that, you have these four qualities, which is uh, proactivity, emotional intelligence, uh, reliability, and resilience. And then on top of that is the your brand building, which is, you know, learning continuously, building networks, having clear short-term goals, making sure that you collaborate with others, making sure you take charge. So there are a whole bunch of uh, approaches that lead you. So there is, so in my mind, there is the foundation, which is self-belief. There are the, there is the shape of the structure, which is these four qualities. And then everything else is how you decorate it and how you uh, enhance your structure, which is all the other um, soft skills that you need, which then makes the entire structure not just functionally very strong, but also aesthetically very pleasing. Now, one of the important topics which I want to next discuss is criticism, because this is something which people don't take it um, in a good way. If you're providing a, a, a good feedback or you're providing some comments on what they have shown or what they have done, uh, it, it people tend to take it emotionally and, and, and personally. But what do you think uh, or your thoughts as a mentor? Uh, have you seen this um, uh, in any of your mentees that you are currently mentoring? What are your thoughts? Let's just address this criticism part. Okay. This is actually, I mean, this is something I deal with all the time. This is a, actually a matter of self-belief. Why are people not able to take self-belief? Criticism is because they themselves don't believe in themselves. And so when somebody else says something, it hurts them at the very core of their being, right? The moment you have self-belief, any criticism stops being emotional and starts being factual feedback. And when they, when you get this feedback and you look at it rationally and say, yes, this I agree with, no, this I don't agree with, this action I will take, this action I will not take, it's, then it becomes very easy to manage criticism. But what happens is most people, because they don't have a very strong foundational self-belief, when somebody says something, it hurts them emotionally, it, it pierces their heart. And that is when they, re they react very strongly and they, they display anger or frustration or unhappiness. These are all not necessary emotions for feedback. When you're given criticism, you just say, okay, that is, now let us say, Kazim, you tell me, let's say your uh, delivery, your, uh, your delivery of what you're saying is not very good. So I say, fair enough, Kazim, this is, you, you are the person listening. So you have a valid perspective. I must probably take this into account maybe practice in front of the mirror or in front of my family, ask them to identify the faults and maybe sit and correct my faults. Why? Because I know that you're not attacking me. You are giving me specific feedback on a particular issue about me and I can deal with that issue and improve on that issue. Whereas if I did not have self-belief, I would say, oh my God, Kazim is attacking me, he's hurting me, and so I will react in a very different way, and it will be a, a lose-lose situation for both of us. Self-belief, you need to have a certain amount of self-belief uh, to overcome the fear uh, and also to achieve your goals. The One of the important topics which I want to discuss next is the short-term goals and the long-term goals. I was like, I'm a person who would have a long-term vision. Uh, to achieve that long-term vision, I would have a series of short-term goals and I would work towards that. I'm very much sure uh, you may have come across uh, some of the leaders um, in your life and also your own self. Uh, when you were trying to be a CEO or when you were a CEO, you had a long-term goal and a short-term goal uh, to achieve that. Uh, what, what is your advice on that? Oh, absolutely. I always, I mean, I think you've raised a very good point. And Kazim, honestly, you're one of the few people who actually tell me you have goals at all. Most people who come to me for mentoring don't have goals. You know, and that is so surprising. So one of the things which I have learned, and this I learned from my boss when I was in my early 30s, is that you must have a long-term vision and you must work backwards from that. Normally, what we do is we start from today and we work forwards he said no start with the end goal in mind 
and then work backwards. So he had this discussion with me when I was in my early 30s and he said, you know, what would you like to be? And I said, I want to be a CEO by the time I'm 45. And he said, great, now work backwards. If you want to be a CEO by the time you're 45, at what position should you be when you're 32, uh, 42? And what should you be at 38? And what should you be at 35? And that is one part, which is a milestones. And he said, great, as a CEO, you need to know A, B, C, D, E, F. How much of that do you know today? So you know the gaps that you have in knowledge. You know you have enough time to be able to build that knowledge, whether it should be, whether it is through courses, whether it is through mentoring, whether it is through on, on the job learning. Then he said, as a, to be a CEO, you need to be networked. How are your networks today? And I said, they are pathetic. He said, you'll have to build your networks because becoming a CEO is not just about being good. It is also being known that you're good. And if nobody knows about you, then how are you going to be chosen? So he actually, then I laid out a plan and it still, I still have that plan. It was in those days I wrote it on, I wrote it, I didn't type it out, but I still have that plan and it worked. I made that plan. I started off with the end in mind, worked backwards. And then I focused on building the knowledge, building the networks and building the track record that I needed to be able to progress step by step by step. And at a particular point, I needed to leave that company to move into another company. And the CEO very kindly actually you know, said, go ahead. I'm not going to hold you back. I know that this is something which you have to achieve. And he you know, gave me his blessing to move on to a very different role, which then gave me this next stepping stone to achieve my uh, aspiration. So you're absolutely right. You must have a vision, a clear career vision. Right. And you must work backwards from the vision so that all your short term goals align with and are stepping stones to your reaching that ultimate goal. I completely agree with your networking, uh, which is my next segment, which I just wanted to touch. But I just have a few questions from some of the audience uh, that they wanted to ask is uh, what, what is the game plan? Uh, that one need to follow in order to break into some networks where usually wouldn't get a chance to be part of or surround yourself with people like if if if, if i am um, a mid-level manager who do you think i need to approach what do you think my my uh, vision have to be in order to be in such groups which will help me uh, evolve uh, myself and also uh, clear my uh, vision for my goals what do, what do you suggest see uh, you know as you, uh, a few minutes ago i told you i was very task focused so actually, for many years, I did not uh, uh, understand the importance of networks at all. I always believed that if I just worked hard, everything, you know, uh, you know, everything would be well, right? It's only again in my early 30s that you know I was advised and guided to build networks, and it is a little difficult because while I am quite ex extroverted in in my work environment. I'm actually, when I, you know, in my personal environment, I'm quite introverted. I prefer being alone, you know? And so it was not easy for me, right? But there again, I set out a plan, right? I put out a plan. I said, okay, if I have to be networked, I need to put out saying that every week I must reach out to at least so many people. I must be able to meet such and such, you know, so many people for coffee or so have a lunch or have a dinner. I must be able to establish friendships, uh, not just within my company uh, or in my associate companies, but also with uh, customer companies and completely unrelated people. And that's when I was advised, please join a club. And so I joined a club. And there I started, you know, going to the club to play tennis, to play badminton, and so on. That helped me build networks with people whom I would have normally not met at all, right? And I was also advised to take up golf, but which I didn't because I was terrible at that game. But there are various ways, you know, uh, whether it is uh, through uh, joining various different kinds of forums. I was part of the Economist Intelligence Unit uh, for a while. Uh, they were in there were industry forums then I got uh, I became part of uh, I joined a club so there are various forums that you need to look at to be able to build your networks 
And once I had a plan, I made sure that I worked that plan and step by step by step, I developed those networks. At a particular point in time, again, I was advised by one of my mentors to start uh, participating in as a panel panelist or as a speaker uh, or as a even as a volunteer in various uh, seminars and conferences. And so that is something I started doing. Um, and it's gradually, you know, my reputation spread and people said, okay, you know, if you want a good speaker or if you want a good panelist, this is Masej is the right person to go to. And so that's how it went. You know, the gradually the snowball became bigger and bigger and bigger. And, uh, you know, the networks built faster and faster over time. Okay, but so it is something you have to plan and do. It's not something which happens automatically. Uh, and let us talk about billion dollar learnings. <laughs> uh, your your um, I would call it as a book. Is it is, is it a book or is it is it no, your not yet, not yet a book? Many people have been saying I should, but uh, what yeah. I'm current. I feel Sorry. so that you had to write that book because uh, I I was I was going through the, some of the snippets of it and I really liked it and I think you should convert that into a book because it'll look it'll be really good I think so that's my first feedback <laughs> because I really okay. like that <laughs> you know thank you you know why I started writing this was again for the same reason when I started mentoring people I found that each mentee feels that they are alone in the world facing that problem. Oh, this boss is nasty to me and he doesn't like me and he's making my life hell. I'm the only person facing this. Nobody else is. Or, you know, I'm not just not able to manage my workload. I'm, I'm snowed under. I don't have enough time for my family. I'm the only person facing this. So the reason I started writing these articles and these posts was so that people could start understanding that these are common problems faced by hundreds of thousands if not millions of people and that there are solutions there are approaches there are ways to deal with these problems uh, which you may not particularly know because you think you're alone but the moment you see that you're in good company you start seeing the solutions available to you and so i'm hoping that all the learnings that i had through my career I could try. I can translate them into simple narratives, which allow other people to be able to read them and learn from them and benefit from them. One of the articles I read, which you had written, was the why vision is important uh, in order to achieve your goals. Uh, I really liked it. Um, I forwarded to some of my friends as well, um, who 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 absolutely loved it. Uh, so I think you need to turn that into a book. Uh, but also why vision is important for anybody who's listening to us today in this episode uh, that vision gives you a clarity of where you want to be uh, where you want to take yourself but you need to clearly define those vision with help of people who are around you who love you or who want to be helpful to you and and, and make it happen absolutely i mean for me you know vision see life is a journey right and when you start a journey, what do you need first? You need a destination. Mm -hmm. Without a destination, a journey has no meaning. Mm -hmm. So for me, that is what a vision is. A vision is a destination to your journey. Yeah. Right now, it could be a destination. It could be a, a sort of a interim destination, or it could be a final destination. It's up to you. You know, you could say that you know, I, you know, I'm going to go from Ireland to Belgium, and from Belgium to France, and then from France to Italy, and from Italy to Russia. Right. And as long as you have that vision, your journey becomes fun. You know how to plan for it. You know which uh, conveyances are best. You know how to budget for it. You know whom to take along with you. But if you don't have that, if you don't know where you're going and you don't know the, uh, you know, sort of stages in progress, how are you going to prepare? You know, how do you know whether you have achieved something or not? If you can't measure what you have achieved, how do you know you have achieved it? So for all these reasons, I think a vision is extremely critical and mm -hmm. planning for that journey makes it fun, makes it enjoyable and, you know, makes it measurable and ultimately gives you the gives you the feeling that, yes, I have achieved, I have achieved, I have achieved, you know, you move forward step by step. I think you, you, you're you seeing the expression on your face. I think you feel exactly the same. <laughs> I was always a big time planner. 
so i still plan things in a very detailed way sometimes you you know yourself planning do work and sometimes it doesn't but the the whole process teaches you a lot but i was also a big time collaborator so i used to collaborate with each and every person i worked with um i used to come up with ideas i was never shy of telling what i felt about my ideas uh, or what i felt about if someone had product produced or shown me some product i was always very honest in what i uh, showed or or uh, presented or also when i was giving feedback to people that i worked with and that helped me gain my uh, confidence also um, the trust uh, with the people but i also got an opportunity to work with some amazing business leaders in terms of building products selling it inventing it um, investing in it and then i've as i learned in my in my career i also learned that the power of giving so the startups i work with you know yourself um, uh, and 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 the life coaching or mentorship i give to the to the people uh, it's all about the experiences that i have or i got from the leaders when i worked uh, with them uh, and and these are these are small bits and pieces that you learn as you go i'm still learning you know you still learn for uh, you know learning is a big process uh, you keep learning and learning and then and then you never stop with that said i just wanted to ask um uh what is next for uh shesh you know what what have you planned in in so right now um you know it's very clear for me i want to increasingly move towards uh mentoring of startups and mentoring of professionals i'm gradually going to move out of my uh, advisory positions as time goes by that's that's great fun i enjoy them but I'll, my passion my purpose lies in mentoring uh, individuals uh, and startups startups why because i i really respect people who who are entrepreneurs i've never been an entrepreneur in my life i've been too much of a coward to be an entrepreneur uh, for me entrepreneurs are superheroes they're courageous they 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 they're sort of uh, they are uh, betting everything they have on their you know on their passion what happens with entrepreneurs unfortunately is when at the time they need it most they don't have strong professional guidance and support because they're not able to afford it right if they want to hire someone like me they don't have money for it so one of the things i want to do is i want to be that person available to them right so i'm currently mentoring seven startups and uh, helping them uh, i don't interfere with their product i don't know much i one of them is in food one is in e-commerce one is in uh, luxury wellness products so they are all very different so the product is not i help them in all the other stuff how do you structure the company how do you manage your policies and processes so i give them the general management support that they need so that is something i'm going to keep doing uh, more and more and then of course there are thousands and millions of professionals who need somebody to talk to somebody to give them guidance on and so these are the two areas of focus that are going to increasingly be my life uh, i think you'll do great shesh in whatever field you choose and all the best but before we end this amazing session uh, it was amazing time listening to to your words and and your advice what do you have to say to uh, young students we i have a large following of students uh, for my podcast so i get a lot of questions from universities and also from young startups uh, as well so any final thoughts before uh, we bring this to an end see I, i this is what i would give i don't know whether it is it sounds very boring but you know this is what i would tell them is you know first is you must establish your purpose you have to know who you are and what you want from life mm-hmm. second is you have to establish self belief once you know what you want believe in yourself and believe that you will uh, you know make it happen mm-hmm. and the third then of course is those four qualities which i spoke about which is be proactive be emotionally capable be uh, reliable and be resilient you know these these are the basis you know what i found is these few things have actually not just allowed me to be a successful in not just allowed me to be successful in my career it made me happy mm-hmm. you know right i get up every morning feeling a burst of energy i go back go home go go to bed at night feeling that the day has been a good day 
Yeah. Because when you live, when you live a life aligned with your purpose, when you live a life full of belief in yourself, it's a happy life. Yeah. It's a life full of meaning. It's a life full of sort of you feel fulfilled and satisfied. And that is what I hope for them. That is what I I bless them with. Have purposeful, meaningful, satisfying lives. Okay, well said. I think with with that said, uh, I would uh, probably thank you for joining in for today's episode. I am thinking to have another session with you. Uh, bring in uh, another um, CEO that I know. So it'll be a great combination for both of you uh, to be okay. having the same patience. So we'll keep that. And I think it's a connection that me and you for for. coming years where i'll probably reach out to you for advice uh, in my career as well so thanks for taking your time shesh for joining in today it was absolutely amazing talking to you and i look forward to uh, speaking to you offline as well as much as i can okay so thanks very much thank you prabhu it's been my pleasure my privilege always wonderful talking to young people and you know every time i talk to young people i feel energized i feel you know a renewed sense of purpose a renewed sense of uh, you know motivation and um so it's great for me so thank you very much this has been a wonderful talk thank you thank you thank you that was shesh signing off and this is kasim uh signing off as well i hope you like this episode uh, of tech lido podcast are you mentorable so you guys decide yourself please leave in your comments we are on all the major podcast channels now apple spotify Google Castbox so please subscribe um and send in your ideas if you want to see or listen to some interesting topics with that said Kazim saying bye bye